0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 41 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Mambo King. I'm joined here by my benevolent co-host, former market maker of 20 years and current day retail trader, a legendary penny stock paper hanger, where he heard it in retail sheep like he was straight out of the Old Testament. He's a great... (laughs) He's a great conversationalist, but you're not going to find him talking around pillows. I'm talking about the gorilla of House Street. J.J. How's it going?
1: Hey, Ray, how are you doing today? I'm doing. <laughs> good
0: man. doing good, excited for our guests. He is a senior prop trader at SMB Capital. He trades alongside some heavyweights and is a heavyweight in his own right. He does excellent videos for the firm. Where he gives out his nuggets of trading wisdom. A young man hailing from South Africa. I'm talking about Ryan H- Hassan. Hassan, that's right. I him, Ryan Hassan. Ryan, thanks for joining us. How's it going, man?
2: Oh, it's going great. Thanks for the introduction. It's great to be on here with you guys.
0: Yeah, man. Really, really appreciate it. I really love that video you put out recently. Um, prompted us to reach out to you, man. So, real excited. How? How has this whole quarantine virus period been from you uh, from a personal standpoint? How's it going?
2: So it's, um, thank God, going well. Um, I came back just before uh, everything sort of um, unfolded with Corona. I came back from New York to visit family and spend some time there um, visiting friends and family and just to catch up with everyone. And sort of a month into that, Corona um, started you know, sweeping the world, and um, six months later, I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> so from a personal standpoint, it's been, it's been challenging obviously, uh, trading from home, and it's, it's, it's quite intense in South Africa um, with the regulations. I'm not sure if you know this, but even alcohol has been banned for four months. Uh, really? So yeah, yeah, uh, all alcohol sales have been banned for four months, cigarettes, nicotine, all of those products have been banned as well. Um, I think we're actually um, on we number five for the most cases in the world, so it, it, it's been challenging in South Africa, um, but luckily I'm, I'm surrounded by friends and family um, and also good internet connections. I've been able to trade every day and not miss out on any of the amazing action that we've had. Yeah. Um, so, the things are, are going well. I uh, can't wait to, to go back to the States and trade um, alongside my team members and colleagues uh, and be in the office in that team environment again, which is so important. Yeah. Um, definitely can't complain to be, to be safe and, and healthy during these times.
0: Right. Right. Awesome. So how, how is trading? Uh, you've still been in contact with uh, your teammates. Do you guys like zoom conference or like what's, what's the trading situation like now for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of my daily routine, it's, it's very similar to what it's like in New York. I'm just not in the office. Yeah. Um, you know, with Zoom and with uh, Discord and Skype and GChat, we're connected all the time, me and the firm, um, from partners to team members, uh, colleagues. Um, so, we talk uh, first thing in the morning, 9 a.m., we have a team meeting, Team Shark, and there are about seven, eight of us who go through our top ideas. Um, and then throughout the day, we're sharing ideas, be it on Gchat or uh, Skype call or Discord. And so we're always connected.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, I, I, you know, I grew up playing sports. I always enjoyed the, the camaraderie uh, you know, of teammates. And then playing poker for, you know, for years, it's a very solo activity. Now coming into trading, I really enjoy having others to bounce ideas off of, to talk to. It's more of a team thing. Uh, talk to the importance of your like learning curve Ryan what it was like having these guys to learn from to pick their brain uh what, you know what was the, the benefits or you know I guess just speak on that
2: it makes a huge difference and i think for for newer traders um to touch on what you said you know in in some sports um trading can be lonely if you make it lonely right but if you- Aren't scared to ask questions and reach out to people, even if you're a retail trader trading from home and all you have is Twitter to see what you know, ideas and what what's going out in the world, um, and, you know, from Twitter, what people are putting out. Um, you can still reach out to them and ask questions, and so it doesn't have to be if you're not um, if you don't want to be at a firm or if you're not lucky enough to be at a firm. Yeah. So it made a huge difference with the learning curve. I think it, it cut the learning curve by. She's 50% probably Um, in terms of the time it took me to be profitable, consistently profitable. The reason why is because I'm around, um, whether physically or connected just online with traders that at the time back uh, when I first started, were doing what I already, uh, what I wanted to do. And so um, I wanted to learn how to trade a certain way or trade a certain stock. And I just had to look to my left or my right and there was a guy that, You know was at the time still is incredibly successful at trading that stock so i just had to pick his brain and not be afraid as a junior trader to ask a senior trader um hey man i saw you shorted um you know xyz why did you short it there what was your process why did you take size off there and add there and and uh, it's so important to to bounce ideas but also pick the brains of someone that has already achieved what you're trying to do Um, and so that made all the difference It, it really did
0: yeah, yeah, i I I couldn't imagine someone you know wanting to do it on their own as compared to being a part of you know a group or a community. I've just seen the benefits myself, like being mentored by by JJ on here, and just talking with other traders throughout the day. Uh, you, like you said, like I probably fifty percent. I don't even know where where you know I'd be at. Um, just just a reminder to the listeners that uh, if you guys do want to learn market auction theory, market profile, trade futures, equities, you can join JJ and I. At our lovely trading community at microefutures.com. Ryan, uh, tell us, let's take it back for a minute. Tell us what it was like when you first got interviewed at SMB Capital and that whole process.
2: Sure, so
0: uh,
2: a little bit further back. And yeah. um, basically, I, from like, I'd say around 15, 16, I, I, I really started to, to fall in love with markets. And first, it was investing. Mm-hmm. Before, it starts with investing. Um, and you know Warren Buffett, and, and 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 going down that route and reading um, books on investing, fundamental analysis, and so that's really where I got stuck into for a good two three years, um, and then I came across day trading and and interacting with the markets on a more regular basis, um, and when I was around nineteen um a friend of mine who's a bit older than me he's working was working at the time at a prop firm in cape town and bella had actually recently visited that firm and uh, i had read bella's book and i was talking to my friend and um he spoke very highly of bella and bella shared some insight into what the firm was doing with my friend and i just loved his book i loved what he shared with my friend at his firm Um, and then I started doing more research into SMB and KTG. And, um, when I was in my last year of studying, I decided that's just exactly where I wanted to be specifically at that firm. It's the only prop firm I applied to, Mm -hmm. um, choices to join banks, um, in South Africa and abroad and, and go that route. But, uh, decided against it, exciting enough. Um, Kind of like what you said uh, when we were chatting earlier, I just, I didn't want a regular job in that sense. I wanted something right. that what I put in is what I get out and right. really put yourself to the test because you know, trading just isn't easy. Um, and so applied to the firm, I went through, if I remember correctly, there's, there was a five step process from you know general questions to a brain teaser to a discussion with the manager to a phone call with bella um, and eventually got the job and, and once i got the job i was over the moon and i think you know within a month later i was uh, i booked a one-way ticket to new york and i was on a plane from south africa to the states
0: yeah nice nice it's nice. Not, i mean how a lot of i imagine there's a lot of applications is the uh, More or less like, is it, what's the interview process like? Uh, What are they looking for? What are the type of questions, you know, maybe for people out there that are interested in joining the prop firm?
2: Sure. So first they look, and again, if I can remember correctly, but they're looking for someone that has, um, obviously you need to be interested in the markets, but someone that's really passionate about the markets. Because I think if you want to succeed at trading, you can't just like it or maybe you'll get (laughs) really. You need to be passionate about it because very true. It's not a. a re- I don't want a regular job, but it doesn't mean that this isn't a nine to five. It's it's a six AM to a right. and it's actually a twenty-four-seven job because you always <laughs> trading's always on your mind on escape. So first of all, <laughs> you really need to love it and be passionate about it. Um you need to be competitive. Um and, and, and that's something they definitely look for. They also look for areas where you've been competitive in the past so that they can see, um, on their end that, that you do have that trait. Um, you definitely need to be open-minded. Um, they also want to uh, make sure that you're, um, can gel well with their culture and, um, potentially see a fit between you and a senior trader. Um, and yeah, off the top of my head, those, I would say, are, are from my end, the most important for, uh, four or five, characteristics
0: yeah now you don't you don't necessarily have to be an experienced trader correct no no no,
2: definitely yeah sorry i should have um that as well you you don't need any experience trading um i had very i had no experience day trading actually i just had um invested in a few south african companies um but i had the the passion and drive um, and, and willingness to really want to learn everything about trading and, and, and start from scratch and just absorb information from the new guys. Um, I don't think they—they, they, I don't think firms in general want to hire guys straight out of college. I think they know everything. Yeah. Um, those are people that I've seen in the past that are, will fail uh, quicker than others. They want to hire guys that are willing to learn from the ground up. Um, as opposed to join the firm and say I have the golden ticket and the winning strategy and I'm going to make money from day one. Um, right. So one guys that will manage their expectations and understand that there's a real learning curve um, and some sacrifice will have to be made in terms of you know really having to work hard harder than friends for the that are getting other jobs for a good year two years before you really see the um, the results and, mm-hmm. and the job. Right.
0: Right, absolutely. And I, you know, JJ's echoed this sentiment, and even others we've talked to and that sometimes uh, the smartest people, maybe yeah. with great, great backgrounds, college backgrounds, whatever, aren't the best traders. Right, Jay? Like you said, some of the best traders you know have just been like street guys. Definitely. You know, yeah. I know
1: there's, you know, $200, 300000000 million traders. And um, yeah, they've been just, you know, one of the sharpest traders I ever met used to dig dig swimming pools out for a living before he was a trader on the floor. And uh, man, that guy's one of the sharpest traders I've ever seen. Fast executes just, you know, he's off the floor and retired now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Reverend Jim. We used to call him the Reverend. And <laughs> and man, that guy could trade circles around people. You know, he'd moved a million shares around you. You wouldn't even know what was going on. You
0: know? <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Reverend Jim if he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I
2: totally agree with you, Jay. Um, my well, well first all, in terms of overqualified, I've seen a lot of guys from you know MIT guys that that have, have traded, and they try to um, make sense of everything that's happening. Mm. And that just I, I've actually never seen that work. Um, and the best oh. that, that I know, uh, and, and and is a good friend of mine. He. Um, he was a college dropout and um, also had the odd job here and there. And now, just like you said, I also just see him trading circles around so many other great traders. Um, and half the time what he does doesn't even make sense to me because he sees things that other traders just don't see and, yeah. and make sense of. Um, and so yeah, trading's interesting. It is. really, it
0: really is. Ryan... Yeah. Uh as far as i guess speaking to your style and then maybe other uh, styles uh at s m b are you are you more of like ignore the news type like okay just just price action et cetera are there people who are more maybe news driven traders in your firm? I guess you speak to that
2: yeah sure so so we have um guys that trade so many different strategies at the firm from um just price action scalping uh swing trades. Uh, to imbalances, uh, to fully automated hybrid traders, um, everything related to to day trading, all the different strategies. You know, we have guys doing them at the firm. Regarding my trading, um, I predominantly trade low no floats and small caps. Okay. Um, I I I love doing research. I love knowing what I'm trading, um, but I don't let that affect my bias. So on a day to day basis. Um, I'll usually look to trade price action, generate cash flow uh, in a trade, you know, here and there throughout the day, just generate cash flow. And once a week, twice a week, there'll be a bigger picture idea, a stock that is perhaps overbought or um, oversold. They have news that I take into account, and I have a bias around that news. Um, but until price action confirms my bias, I'm on the sidelines. And then mm-hmm. it- Price action does confirm it that's when I'll get in with size and then that will maybe be a, a one or two or three day hold um, but on a day-to-day basis like this morning um, there was a stock myos it had news I thought the news was fairly irrelevant or very irrelevant um, I thought um, in the pre-market that the stock was being um, overbought by some chat rooms and you know, just being put out there right. um, you know, misleading way by chat rooms creating a lot of false liquidity. And um, once price action confirmed my bias, that it's probably a short and gave me a good level to to trade against, uh, which happened right off the open. I I don't know the chart, but it was maybe around uh, 290 uh, MYOS stuffed and got in 280. And after uh, the first little trend reversal around 220 or 230, um, closed out the shorts. And so that's a quick scalp to generate cash Nice. Price action and one news. Um, and then if that stock, for example, had gone to six, seven bucks um, in, you know, it was turned into a day two and a day three play of a short squeeze, for example, and then topped out, um, put in a lower high, gave a good level to risk against and is liquid enough to take size, it would have been, um, you know, on my list for a potential short swing. So to short against a lower high or a 50 50- percent retracement of, of the price um and you know hold for three or four days and so that's kind of you know if, if there's meat on the bone it will be a two three day trade and if there's just a gap up and likely it's going to fail then it'll just be a skull um, and then there are large caps as well uh, that i trade each day too but most of my income um comes from small
1: caps, small caps. oh nice and liquid mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: how how active during the day are you trading ryan uh, is this like an all-day thing do you have certain time frames or um time of day that you try and stick to
2: um so i i, trade, I know where and, and treating it like a small business i know where i am most profitable what time of the day i'm most profitable yeah. and me um and this goes back to um you know first year trading i know that the first the first hour where i make my most money and so that's where I'll be um, as active as I should be on the day. Mm-hmm. And then the last, the last 45 minutes to hour uh, to an hour is also where I'm, I'm most profitable. And so those two slots is where I'll be eyes completely glued to the screen. Um, I'll, I'll have the stocks that I'm watching, my watch list, my if-then statements, and that's where um, you know, my hands will be on the keyboard. Throughout the day, um, from around eleven AM New York time until two thirty three PM I'll be Eastern time. I'll be um flicking through stocks, reviewing what I traded on the open, talking to other traders, see how they traded what I traded, um, doing some research, seeing if there's some higher time frame setups that are that are taking shape. Um I'll work out, I like to work out throughout the day or we'll, in midday. Um Sometimes go for a walk and just sort of break up the day into two sessions, um, mm-hmm. so I stay refreshed, um, and yeah, that's usually my routine during during and throughout the day. Okay.
0: So, so since you started, Ryan, how, how would you say you have evolved as a trader um, from you know strategy and and style-wise?
2: So when I first started, I traded everything. Mm-hmm. Um, You know kind of going back to what i said in the beginning about a characteristic of when you join i came in saying i don't know anything i don't know who i am as a trader um what i'm good at what i what i like what i don't like etc etc so i'm going to trade everything i'm going to trade large caps um you know breaking news earning small caps medium caps etfs indices trade everything and then with very very small size because when you start as a trader um you go from Losing to losing a little bit less to breaking even to making a little bit and then sort of off to the races. or in an ideal world, that's how it should be. Um, and so that's what I did for my first six months. And I traded super small size, so I'd never dug myself into a hole. And after six months, I looked at all my stats um, on TradeView, and I saw that I basically broke even or lost money in everything other than trading low floats. And so I dug a little bit deeper into low floats and I found that mostly it's on the short side where I make money is uh, yeah. two or three setups. And so then I set a goal and the next six months, I'm going to eliminate everything and I'm only going to trade those two or three setups, as long as they, you know, still pop up every day. And luckily we were in a very good market for low floats when I started in, in the uh, beginning of 2016. And so, that was the goal I set, and six months later, I was consistent trading low flows. Um, not making a lot, but you know, I was consistent and finding and, and, and really deepening my understanding on filings and the mechanics and the technicals behind these stocks and how they move and why they move um, and why some of them, spend, some don't, et etc. et cetera. Um, And then the following year, I said, all right, well, now I've, I've sort of got that wax where I can size up and make a living from trading these, and so, what skills do I have from trading these low floats? And for me, it was finding um, certain chart patterns on the short side to manage risk, identifying stocks that are overbought, um, identifying the short squeeze, being able to um, see when a stock is going parabolic or putting in a top and and the list goes on and on and on. And then I said, okay, well, those are the skills. So where can I, what else can I apply those skills to? And then it turned into um, not only Day trading those stocks but also swinging them um, when they were overbought um, and kind of went parabolic and then that turned into also day trading large caps on the short side that were overboard or on breaking news and using those scalping momentum skills and low floats you trade um, in play large caps on the short side or on the long side i mean long and short same thing you just flip the child around and it really is you know the same thing if you think of it that way yeah. um, trade- POs that are just exhausted on on the long side, um, and then you know I take all of those tools that I learned from trading those different strategies, and I turn it into um, getting long low floats to be a part of the front side and the back side. So when a low floats going from three to six to seven to eight, and then getting out of the long and flipping short and catching it on the downside, and then moving into OTC stocks. And so I'm rambling on, but but really the point is, is that. I found one strategy and, and one type of stock that worked, yeah. um, identified the skill and what that makes me as a trader. And then where else can I apply that to to create multiple streams of income as a trader? And so now it's evolved into um, a lot as a price action trader, different stocks and strategies, but it all started with, with just one little element.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, you, you- from what I've gathered from you from, you know, watching the video and talking with you, you, the, your whole process you went about learning trading almost seems like very like textbook. Yeah. It stayed open-minded. You, you dug it, you took, you, uh, all the stats you dug into what made you correct. And so this is real good stuff you're talking like for, for the listeners. Um, Ryan, something I've been thinking on recently, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it. And something I like about SMB, uh, and I've heard Mike talk about it. Uh, you know, the, the for the listeners, he's the the owner or the you know co-founder of S and B Capital. It seems like there's a an, a an element of like aggression you guys employ, right? Like not like, hey, if it's an A plus setup, boom, we're going for it. Like, you know, put put money in there. And being a poker player, you have to be aggressive to to make money. That's that's the the right strategy. So if anything, I've been maybe a little bit too aggressive at times trading. I'm thinking along, speak to the balance of patience and, and aggression, right? Because you need both of them, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and so where, where that aggression comes from, just, just on my understanding, and, and, and you know, Bella may correct me on this, but I think where it comes from is if you've proved to yourself and the firm that you can um, consistently make money in a certain setup, for example, yeah. and then you get um, a really juicy, um, maybe it only comes across three, four, five times a year, that setup and that takes shape and you make the same amount of money in that setup as you would in the not so sexy setup the next day. Essentially, you're doing a disservice to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the option comes from, it's your job to be in your seat the whole day and when you see it, to put on the size because if you are can sit in the, your seat the whole day, you might as well go for it. And so when that one every three months or two months setup does come, your job now that you've proven to be successful and profitable as a trader is to really go for it because you have all the resources at your disposal. And anything less than that would be a disservice to yourself. And so I think that sort of mindset as well as all of us being competitive and in a really healthy way competing with one another um, because we're all seeing the same thing in the same setup to, to really test our limits and see what we're comfortable with risking uh, in a trade. Um, okay. And then, patience to wait for that because, like I said, that trade doesn't come along um, that often. And I'm talking about the trades that can make your month or make your your quarter or your, your year. Right. So, if you're gonna sit around and wait for that trade and finally it comes and presents itself, you need to go for it. Um, and so, that I think is where the, the aggression um, comes from.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think, I, th- I mean, you, you have to, to maximize your upside. I mean, if you're really, if you're really trying to go for the gusto, you know, like you got to, you got uh, to put some aggression. Right. Let, let me ask you something. Uh, another thing I was thinking about, and I don't know if this is the right way to, uh, to view it. Cause there's so many different trading styles and strategies out there, but within like, let's say like your style, right. And the way you trade, is there an optimal way to uh, approach it? in a sense I I don't know if that question is clear um elaborate a little bit um from a you know what, let's let, let's 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 skip it never mind. Let, let's skip it I don't I don't well, know
2: I think I know what you mean like when you say approach it in terms of um, how to manage trades and what to look for for example
0: yes like is there and i because i mean i'm a little confused myself that's why i was even saying like i don't know if maybe we should just skip this but like yeah i find myself thinking about like yeah because i, I want to optimize every single thing i do but i, I don't know if maybe if it comes to a point is okay is it optimizing or is it like nitpicking which you know
2: the way the way i trade and i think it starts off with, with um especially when you're scalping so the trades that i was saying regarding generating cash flow throughout the day is for me trading isn't about being right or wrong it's just about having positive expectancy and, and positive risk reward Absolutely. and so looking at um, these b plus trades that occur really every day that allow you to just generate cash flow and put up green days um i'm not looking at the trade and saying well i think this is going to go lower i think it's going higher and so i'm just getting in because i think you be right i'm saying well you know i i, I think i know what the stock's going to do but price action is saying it's doing something different, so maybe let's be open-minded and just let price action talk to me. And then I let price action talk to me and you know, something sets up on the chart, and I ask myself, well, if this is what the stock's telling me it's gonna do, not what I think, this is what the stock is saying it's gonna do, and I have enough reason to believe it's gonna continue and there's some momentum, then where am I wrong if I had to get in now and follow the direction? Um, and then I look at that area and I figure out my risk reward. It doesn't make sense. And it's an A setup, a B setup. Um, is it kind of like a dinky trade where I shouldn't be risking much, but there's probably 70 percent chance that it works. And I run through all of this. Um, but the first thing for for I think newer traders to understand, and, and especially how I trade, is when it's just these trades that come up every single day. The reason why I can um, be positive and green ninety percent every single month in terms of days is because I don't care about whether I'm right or wrong. It's all about does that trade have positive risk reward? And if I think back all the you know five years of data I've collected about my trading, if I make that trade, um, what's the chance that I'm going to make money on it? Because I've made all of these trades before and I've seen all these setups, and so I won't take anything if it's not going to um, you know bear reward. And it, it, again, it goes back to treating trading like it's your business. You wouldn't. Um, place an order for something or take stock of something if you don't think it's going to sell. If exactly. There's, you know, if there's a 10% chance it's going to sell, why, are you going to, why, why would you sink your money into that stock and just let it sit and, you know, so it's just having that mindset of, of really having respect for your, your
1: capital and, and your time. Very and, much. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's a good question, Ray, because you, you can Very sum perfect. that up by saying, you know, you're making a sound business decision, right? And if you think of trading that way, right, I'm very glad that you're on the podcast today because I, I keep talking about this to people and, and, and I think it's just because of the marketing you see in the trading culture that goes away from that. But it's just a sound business decision, right? And exactly. uh, and that's, that's a great question, Ray.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Ryan, what would you say is your biggest strength or maybe an attribute that made uh that was natural to you when it came to trading and then conversely what was difficult um, for trading or your biggest weakness that you gotta you know constantly work on
2: so i'll say i wouldn't say a weakness but i'd say a really big challenge for me is sizing up um that has been it, it, for me it's been difficult um and you know i'm at a stage now where where I'm, I'm happy with my size but as a trader you always want to grow and so um i i tend to get quite comfortable when um you know given a certain risk parameter or size parameter uh, i get quite comfortable with it and then it's just you know it's you kind of go with go with the flow and, and, and go through the paces um but as a trader you always want to grow and you always need to push yourself and so Um, regardless of how successful or or, or how big or or, you know consistent or profitable you are you're always going through the constant challenge of needing to size up and test the limits and and be uncomfortable in the trade because you know we're trading to test our limits and 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 the sky's the limit with with trading and so for me that's it's a big challenge to constantly push myself and put on that extra size and um you know with that comes bigger losses, bigger winners, but also bigger losses, which make you, um, you know, more ready to hold for longer and to have those, and so that's something in the beginning I struggled with was first getting consistently profitable, getting comfortable, and then almost going through that again with sizing up and getting a little bit more uncomfortable, which can sometimes throw you off. Um, yeah. And so, and,
0: well, let me ask you this, Ryan, because it, that's that's a struggle of mine as well, and then even dating back to poker, like when I would you know be making money, then it progressed to playing higher games, higher limits. The losses always hurt because it's like, damn, I'm not used to losing this much money. It is is and I, I've thought about this a lot. I don't know if there's any way to combat this other than just just put yourself in it, right? I mean, what what are your thoughts? You have to, as long as we're well. making a
2: trade that that the right trade and it's coming from the right place and you've done your research and you manage yeah. then then you have to i mean you, in order to grow you're going to take bigger losses uh, there's no trader out there that just always makes money um you, you have to take those losses and if it was a good trade and it was just the 30 percent, 40 percent chance playing out that you weren't going to make money in that trade then so be it but next trade um you may lose two but the third trade if you're making them on good risk reward trades that trade will wipe out the losses. And, and if you just keep going through those paces, once you find um, your consistency and your edge. And so, you know, with that came the reason why I could overcome that and, overcome that, and that's because I'm very patient and I don't like to make trades if um, I feel like it's gambling. I only like to make trades if I know that, you know, this is a trade I can look at all my stats and I've made it um, 500 times and I'll the 500 times um, I've been right 350 times or I've only been right a hundred times, but the risk reward is seven to one. So it doesn't really matter the times that I'm wrong um, that the winner's right. And so having that confidence and confirmation when I make trades has made it a lot easier to size up because now I know that, look, it's just at the end of the day, what I'm risking is just a percent of my total loss limit for the day. And so the number Changes, but the percent will always stay the same. So, you know, if I have a certain risk now that I, um, you know, I have a save, say my total risk on the day, my loss limit is a dollar, and I have um, an A plus setup that I love. And for that A plus setup, I'm going to risk 50% of my daily stop. So I'll risk 50 cents on that setup. Um, and then I do well, and my risk gets bumped up to $2 for the day. I'm still going to be risking 50%. Um, it may be a bigger thing, $1, but it's 10. percent. And so keeping things as a percentage also helps. Um, I think for newer traders, that could help too. Instead of thinking in terms of dollars, just think as a percent um, and be a bit more systematic with with that regard, in that regard. Um, and, and, and yeah, hopefully that, that answers uh, your question. I know I tend to ramble on, so at any point, if you want to jump no,
0: Ryan, no, this no. is good. This is good. This is good. stuff. No, no, great stuff, Ryan. Yeah, no, no. Real good stuff. So, Ryan, what role does technology or software assistance back testing play into your strategies?
2: It plays, it plays quite a big role. Um, when I first started, uh everything I trade now, I did backtest um to the extent that I could. Um, a lot of it is it's very discretionary, so you can't precisely backtest what I do, but I did to the best of my ability. Um, That gave me some more confidence in what I was doing. And on a day-to-day basis, I use, um, without being automated and having scripts running, I use technology, I think, to the best that I could be. And that's having scanners, so um, coding my own scanners and alerts to alert me to every potential setup um, within my toolbox that I should be looking at or should be trading I'll be alerted to that. Uh, when I get in in the morning, usually um, i 'll look at all the gappers so i 'll have a watch list and a scanner that I bolt to alert me to all the stocks that I should be looking at in the morning will alert me gapping up, gapping down news um, i 'll have board views, so the electric vehicle sector has been hot lately so i 'll have a little board view with all the different electric vehicle stocks with um, market names with, uh, large cap in play names. Um, you know, color code them, if they're above or below VWAP or trading at VWAP, different articles. And I mean, I, I have probably 15 or 20 different little board views and scanners running um, at all times. And that's to alert me to all of my different, um, I would say, my different niches and what I'm good at. And people are here to supplement me and say, hey, you know, this is one of your potential trades in a large cap or small cap or medium or overbought, uh, in a range at the two or three day view or and so throughout the day and after the midday, I look through all of these scanners to potentially find one or two, um, you know, a trades to make midday, um, which I wouldn't find if I never had um, all these eyes in the market pointing these out to me. Yeah, excellent, excellent.
0: Hey Jay, do you um I'm, I know I'm asking all the questions here. Do you, do you have <laughs> anything for my man? I don't know if I'm yeah, no, I got a lot. I've
1: actually got quite a bit here. I just wanted to. Uh, just wanted to let you finish yeah well, uh,
0: I, I would okay oh, I am oh, asking one more then I'll let you jump in okay so sure Ryan, I wanted because you're on the the guy uh, sharks team correct yeah he's uh I know he's a big trader maybe like one of the most successful in the firm what have you learned like what is he like and what have been some of the big takeaways you've gotten from him
2: um on a, well on a personal level He's, he's awesome. He's just such a great guy. Um, so driven, so humble. And uh, when I first started, what really stood out to me is he has this super successful trader. One of the guys I was trying to to emulate at the time and I still am, um, but he's always willing to give his time to help newer traders and ask and, and answer questions. And, And so that really stood out to me, just a really great guy. Um, and he's, He's actually quite interesting. Is he one of the reasons he got into trading? Which will resonate with you. Is he loved to play poker, and Mm. uh, that really got him, um, I think, more into trading than 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 otherwise.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, One of the things that I've learned from him is managing expectations. That's been a big thing. Um, And bigger picture, managing expectations specifically when I started on this team, understanding the learning curve is real. also mindset uh, as a trader and on a day-to-day basis really taking stock of what's the market doing where have we come from where are we now um you know is some energy coming out of the market should you be dialing back a little bit and not you know be so heavy on on the pedal um zooming out on a particular stock and asking the same questions and you know, not always going for the shiny object maybe sometimes going for that not Many people are watching because that's where the easier money is, um, and is you know his hard work is also very motivating to to a lot of the other traders at the firm because he's you know, here's a guy and the other traders at the firm like him who are just doing so exceptionally well. But you know I still get sent his reviews every day after the close. As a team, we all send our reviews to each other. Still sends his reviews. Um, his is probably the most detailed out of anyone else's on the team. Um, and you know, you wouldn't think so. He's the most senior, um, most successful trader on the team, but his review and, and his work ethic is second to none, um, which is very inspiring. And so, you know, being around a trader like that is is awesome because it just motivates you and 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 also opens your eyes. That kind of like I was saying earlier with sizing. Um, you know, of it's not for him sizing, but. Traders are always working on their game because you'll be satisfied, and, but you'll always be hungry because you know you can always do better and be bigger. Be, uh, bigger. And um, seeing someone that's doing what I dream of doing in, in the next few years, um, having achieved it, but still working hard to get to a new, you know, a new level and a new level and a new level, is just awesome. Um, and so, yeah, big shout out to Shark because he's, he's, he's taught me a lot of what I know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Shark. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I, that, that's a blessing that you have these people to, you know, pick their brain and learn from. And I uh, appreciate you sharing sharing some of that with us. All right, Jay, you could, uh, you could jump in now. Cool.
1: I, you know, I get a lot of, because we do teach, I get a lot of questions from people, you know, saying that they want to be a prop trader. So let, I just wanted to ask you, first of all, it's great to have you here. It's really, really cool. Uh, I'm an old guy to see how dedicated and how disciplined you guys are, um, you know, and how seriously you take the craft. Um, I think that's very, very cool. Um, If you can just kind of explain, you know, you know, Ray was going through the interview process. So what happens when you actually join a prop firm and and what's that process like? Because people are asking me, is there a buy-in or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Do you have to come up with some of your own capital? Um, Just walk us through how, how it worked for you
2: sure um so i can't speak for other firms but i know uh, at our firm there's there's no buy-in at all um the firm completely back you and support you when i started um we go on a simulator i went on a simulator for a couple of months I think, two or three months um and during that time uh, i was in a class of 10 uh, i believe that started and we would have two or three meetings, uh, during the day, one in the morning, discuss opening ideas. Um, the floor manager would share some of the ideas that the senior guys were looking at. Then we'd have another meeting midday, another meeting, um, sometimes sort of midway through the afternoon, um, the close and then one after the close. And so the first two, three months we're going through the training program, uh, that essence, um, have in house. And we're also, Trading on a simulator and getting access to what the senior traders are doing, and also learning from one another with all of these meetings and sharing trades, and and um, really learning from each other's mistakes too. Okay. Uh, and then after that, that process, you interview for uh, a team. You go live uh, for about a couple of months. After that, sorry, and, you, know, you trade small size. You trade live, and you, know, you bolt your playbooks, and you. Figuring out who you are and uh, uh, what has resonated with you as a trader, um, and after about four months, you you interview with all of the team leads, and then the team leads select who they want to be on their team and who they want to you know, sort of mentor and take under their wing, um, and that's really where where the fun starts. And so after about um, five six months, I joined Sharks team. Um, and that's where I could take everything I'd learned the last six months and start applying it, um, on a more, um, I guess just on a deeper, uh, uh level and just on another level. Um, because now I'm trading alongside a trader who's, um, you know, actively trading and successful, and really begin to see how someone specializes in one niche or in five niches. And, and that's where the fun starts. Um, but yeah, the the, the firm, um, you know, they completely back you you don't put up capital they give you all the capital they give you all the technology you need you're around traders you get mentored um, and so it's it's all the tools are there uh, for you to succeed as long as you have the right uh, mindset and, um, and work ethic and you know along with a hundred other things
1: mm-hmm. no no it's 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 really great because it, in this you know trading is now a very very popular thing you know, uh, they're opening up 100,000, 200,000 accounts every month at these places. And, you know, so every time something gets popular, the vultures come, right. And um, so I, I'm, you know, we have a lot of, you know, younger folks out there who are really interested in this. What should they look for if, you know, they're coming across, you know, what should they look for in a firm? Um, you know, if they're Trying to get in, like it's kind of a two-way street. You know, the firm has to accept you as well. But what you should you look for, and what kind kind of places should you avoid? You know, in the prop world. Um, I mean,
2: you definitely <clears throat> want to avoid the places that don't offer any training. You want to, you know, because you're there to learn, and, and then you're there to trade and make money. So, one, you don't want to go to a place that won't give you any training or give you access to the traders that are making money. Um, you want the culture to exist at the firm where you can ask questions. You can go up to a senior trader before the open, after the close and say, Hey man, you know, what are your thoughts on the day? What are you trading? Um, and you also don't want to be at a firm that says, um, you know, you can join our firm with pleasure, um, but you got to put up this amount of money and um, that, that is very easy to get in because it's very <clears throat> easy to get into a firm. There's probably a reason for that. Um, so. You know, those are probably the places you want to avoid. Um, and also for the new guys that are interested and in, in looking to get in at um, prop firms, um, you know, just go online and read reviews. Reviews reviews. often don't lie. Um, and so just see what current and former employees have had to, to say about their experience. Um,
1: and you can get a lot from that too. That's great. You know, SMB sounds like a really great environment to trade in. I mean, I miss... I mean, I was on an institutional desk and it was completely different. We were like animals, but, um, you know, say, you know, that sounds like a really cool collaborative environment. I mean, I'd go up the first thing, you know, when you started, you know, back in the nineties of those firms, you go up to a trader and go, Hey, how you doing? He's like, yeah, get me an effing coffee now go. <laughs> right. That's, you know, that's like, yeah, it was this kid standing here. Hey, go get me a coffee. What are you doing? Make yourself useful. Right. So it's, it's nice that, you know, that you have that, you know, collaboration where you can go up to a senior trader because how I learned was you just eavesdrop on these guys because you wouldn't ask, dare ask them a question. You'd just kind of sit there and you'd hear them talking and be like, oh, okay, that's how they do it, right? <laughs> and uh, so that sounds really cool. I like that. Well, it's still like that to an
2: extent. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people, even when I first started, I would often just eavesdrop a little bit on the senior trader. <laughs> I'd be a little bit nervous to go up to them in case one of them would be like, dude, get, get the hell with it. <laughs> and And we all were like that because they guys in big trades and you're like, ooh, what are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. But none of us would go and ask them because they're in a big trade. And we're so we kind of just like wheel yeah. a little bit closer yeah. to where they were sitting so we yeah. could feel the actual fail. <laughs>
1: And then we found out that you know, they they don't mind at all. Actually, just yeah, that that's very cool. Yeah, that's 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 a tribute to the uh, the management of that firm, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Good stuff. Sorry. Okay, Ray, take her away.
0: <laughs> yeah, good, good. Now, now, um, uh, you know, maybe we can get to some fun things now. You know, the appreciate the trade and talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was good. Learned a lot. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> uh, here we go. Listen, Ryan, you're a young guy and making money, living in New York City. I don't know what South Africa's like, but you got to tell me what, what's the dating life like, the nightlife. It's good. You got to have a lot of fun, I bet.
2: Oh, it was a lot of fun with girlfriend, so I don't know if she's <laughs> like uh, Oops. <laughs> no, it was great, man. New York, New York was was. Um, was so much fun and still is i can't wait to get back for different reasons kiara if you are listening now don't worry um <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's there's, there's always something going on and coming from cape town um to the city like new york where where literally you know you want to drink it's one two in the morning have fun or whatever there's just always bars. Open. Yeah. and so. You no, know, during the weeks all work, and then Friday comes and we all leave the firm uh, at around four thirty after the close. We end early, we go for drinks, and uh, you know then I meet up with the friends, and that would continue really until Sunday. <laughs> yeah. you have to when you're trading uh, in this yeah. high stress environment. You know, gotta you know, get your workout in, but also enjoy enjoy life a bit on the weekends. And New York isn't isn't short of that. So, uh, know, yeah. It was great. After few years, you know, your body can't take it that much. Um, so, winding down a bit, not not drinking as much and going out as much.
0: But, yeah. 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 Here and there. Shout, shout out to your girlfriend, yeah. they, Um Ryan, the 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 accent when you got to America, the women women like your accent, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get that, yeah.
2: No, I did, man. They loved it. I'm just yeah. hearing it from a guy a, it's, it's strange. Now, well, I'm the, I,
0: I know women, Ryan. I'm just saying. I'm sure they're eating it up. That's all I'm saying. I'm just... No, no. <laughs> he,
1: yeah. uh, Ryan, he's probably practicing so he can emulate it, you know. I am. I'm going to
0: replay this podcast. Uh, uh,
1: I'm, I'm, over. I'm, I'm, I'm Ray <laughs> from, K- I'm from Johannesburg. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, the accent definitely helps. The accent,
2: the accent helps. But yeah, American girls like the South African accent, man. I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's other places in the world, not so much, but girls in America seem to love the accent. Yeah,
0: yeah, any, any notable differences between American women and the women in South
2: Africa? Um, women in South, I have to choose my words carefully because I'm here now. The women in South Africa are, um, they're amazing. I, honestly, I think the most beautiful women in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, in America, I think are a little bit more, um, in a sense, I would say outgoing, um, okay. but just like easy, easy to get to know originally and hold a conversation with, and just kind of, um, you know, have fun, um, you know, off the bat. And and I think the women in South Africa can be a bit, um, a bit more um, restrained when it comes to meeting someone new and and getting to know someone. Um, Yeah. And I think it's because the culture is very different Um, in South, South Africans are so friendly and they'll always welcome you. But in the sense that in South Africa, like when I went to to college, you go, you know, it's, it's 15 minutes away from my house. So you always stay, um, you know, very close to home and and in a bubble in a sense, whereas in the States, people travel, you know, from one coast to another coast and, and always meeting new people. And so, I'd say that's a big difference, not only between um, girls, but just South Africans and Americans in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, any cultural adjustments you had to make when you came here or it's similar-ish enough?
2: I'd say similar-ish enough.
0: Yeah.
2: I would say you know, the two of the biggest things, the one was having to roll my R's when I spoke because people just couldn't understand me. I mean, it just, and it would kill me. Would be like, well, like,
0: like, give me an example, like what? Like, what would you say? Like, what?
2: Like, I would say, where are we going? And I'll say what? And i will be like, oh, where are we? <laughs> okay. like, like, I'm speaking English. You understand what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, <laughs> just, just speak slower. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we all, we have different um, names for, for things. So, you know, in, in South Africa, we call it... <laughs> call The traffic lights, a robot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's. I'd be in a cab and I'd be like, Yeah, just turn left at the robot. At the what? (laughs)
1: Oh, we lost him. He froze.
2: Oh, where do you see a robot, my man? What are you talking about? Oh, there he is. I'm here.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, you're back, Ryan. I'm back. Can you hear me? Okay, we hear you. Yes, yes. You were sorry for that, all the listeners. We had a little technical so difficulties, Ryan. So, <laughs> yeah, the last bit, last bit I heard was you were telling him to make a right at the robot.
2: Exactly. So, you know, we yeah. tell right at the robot. He hasn't, he's, he's looking for a robot now walking across the street. And <laughs> those, those small, small, small differences, but overall, not much of a, not much of a culture shock.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Man, uh it, w- when I watched that video you put out last week or two weeks ago, uh first thing that stood out to me, man, I love the frames, man, you got on. <laughs> I, I do. No, no, I like them. I've been you know, honestly, like I I wear contacts, but I'm like looking for some like glasses. What what uh what brand are those? What's, what's the
2: Bro, it's, uh, this is this is an unknown brand. It's a South African brand called uh, uh oh, Sure Surefire. Superfire and okay. uh there's a small kiosk at the shopping mall down the road where i bought these but when i come to the states i'll be sure to grab you a pair grab I mean, yeah like when
0: you come back to new york yeah i have to link up with you I like that maybe Absolutely. like a gold i would like maybe like a gold uh gold <laughs> yeah. frame on them you know just well, to be I'll different because i can't wear the same ones as you ryan i can't you know i can't bite your style now i'll get
2: you a pair like this and then you can <sighs> do
0: that, do it however you want <laughs> yeah because <laughs> oh, i don't i don't like biting people's style you know you gotta have your own thing but i like i like the frames i like the artwork too man i i uh, you got good style. You got a sense of, uh, you like artwork, style, clothing, like those things. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. She's, she's, she watches over me while I train and she's like my evil eye. She keeps things. She keeps myself, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very nice. Very nice. All right. Let's see. Um, what else I got for you? Um, books are you, uh, are you a reader at all? Any, any good books you're reading lately?
2: Um, the second time I just finished rereading Atomic Habits. By James Clear. Uh, have uh, you read that?
0: No, I haven't. I haven't actually. No,
2: well, oh, man, it's it's I wouldn't say um, self help, it's just it, me, it, it keeps me in check as a trader. Um, so, basically, the book's all about how a lot of people see you know overnight successes, or a lot of people um, you know want to make uh, I want to make a million dollars, and then they just focus on that's the goal. I want to make a million dollars, but they think about. What goes into achieving that goal and getting there, and yeah. uh, you know, you see an overnight success, but you don't see the last four or five years someone put into achieving or, or getting to where they are. And so, this book's all about improving and growing one percent every single day, um, and making the mistakes, learning from them, developing the right habits, uh, the foundation, and it's all about. But it applies so well to trading. Um, and it was actually gifted to me by Bella. Um, Berta once loved it. And sort of forgot about it read some other books and picked it up again about a week ago and just finished it and it's it's not related to trading but when it comes to trading it's, it's a book that i recommend so highly
0: in absolutely post. absolutely man and that, that's that's what i really uh it atomic habits i'm writing this down right now
2: atomic, yeah atomic habits by james cliff
0: okay all right yeah i, I, I just I, And I loved everything you've been speaking about, like, um, mindset wise as well. And it's like, this sounds like this book is just echoing the same sentiment you were saying before. It's like the process, not the results, uh, which is like, I think that's when I finally took that like turn in my head and which I still got to always remind myself, you know, I'm still human and like, I still like get attached to results, you know, somewhat, I mean, it's kind of hard not to, but once you like make that turn, I think it's just a huge difference. you know, in, in my development. Um, so, all
2: right, let's see what else. Um, yeah, go ahead. I totally, I, I totally agree because, and when you start out trading, it, it's hard not to, own, it's hard to not only think about, um, you know, I made X amount today and I should have made more, or I lost and damn, I shouldn't have lost that much. And you get so wrapped up in those results as opposed to thinking, okay, I, I, I made that or I lost that, but what, why did I make that or why did I lose that? What mistakes did I make? What didn't I do that I should have done? And taking note of all of that as opposed to your p and and then doing that every day and then things compound. And then, you know, six months later, you can start focusing a little bit on the money side of things. How can I be bigger and, and I should have made more in that. And again, it's the process because things compound over time as long as you focus on the process and the habits and the foundation in the beginning. Um, understand just just understanding that um makes all the difference
0: it does yep it really does all right ryan uh musical tastes
2: musical taste yeah, yeah. I, it depends what mood i'm in mm-hmm. um, from from rap to jazz to deep house to techno to yeah honestly just what, whatever mood that i'm in
0: yeah yeah diverse that's good
2: yeah that's
0: uh, yeah, I would. i would go hip hop. Definitely hip hop. A lot of even just like I drop a lot of hip hop references in the podcast. I don't know if people catch or not. Some people do, some people don't. But yeah, hip hop definitely. I love jazz too, though. Like if it's like a nice mellow, mellow yeah, mood, yeah. I, I love jazz. But you know, a lot of hip hop is is jazz sampled, so you know, which makes sense why I like that sound. Um. Yeah, man. I like psychedelic rock. You know. Um, a little Basically, bit of everything. Yeah.
1: What? You listen to any Hugh Masakela, Ruin? Right? Oh, me? No, Ryan. Oh. Any? Any? Who? Who's that? Hugh Masakela. Check him out. He's a, he's a South African jazz uh, Hugh Masekela, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me write that down. I'll definitely check that
2: out. When you guys are trading, do you ever listen to
0: music? Yeah, I sometimes. Do. Yeah, I sometimes. do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as well. JJ, J- J, he surprises me with some of his uh, musical references. I, uh, uh, sometimes, <laughs> what you what you hit me with the other day, uh, uh, the Jay Z. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, because I was oh I was telling him right, I was telling him I was, like I um you know I'm seeing this this new girl, and like she she she's mixed. She she's a, she's um I said I said I told him that she was Indian, and he goes, what what you say? Uh, red dot or feather?
1: <laughs> yeah, which is a very 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 inappropriate thing to say, but I was quoting a song lyric to see if you'd catch it. It was a Jay-Z. Oh, there, yeah, there's our disclaimer. Yeah. yeah, there's <laughs> our disclaimer, right? There's our 17B disclaimer.
0: Okay. Yeah, we know. Don't cancel the podcast. Don't come for us, people. Uh, uh, you know, I know every, they, everyone's getting canceled these days. It was, you know, it's a song lyric. Yeah. You know, we're having fun. But, yeah, no, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, you surprised me with that, that Jay-Z. Girls, girls, girls. That's. Yeah. <laughs> So he's funny. He and he, he acts like he's he's so like uh you know, he's not hip, but he he got some he's got some hipness in him, I guess. Um, well, let's see, Ryan, favorite movie or movies? If you don't have one, um, ooh,
2: favorite movies. I mean, because we're doing a podcast and talking about trading, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Boiler Room. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Short was great. I, that's we can do favorite series because series is where it's at at the moment
0: yeah yeah
2: um, what did I recently watch uh, Mad Men is classic um, love that I saw them in the bars and that that whole vibe when I first watched it i watched it twice now when I first watched that that was like probably five percent of the reason why I was so quick to jump on the plane just because of that the culture and you know, just that 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 feeling you get um i, I just i just love that and uh, the jazz and whatnot um dexter's great show friends all-time favorites
0: mm-hmm. um How about uh, billions have you uh billions I, I
2: first uh i think like two two yeah, two seasons two or three seasons and then sort of um just got you know, just kind of lost lost track of it, but I've been meaning to get back into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We enjoy that one here. We've actually, we've yeah. actually, we've we've had on two of the actors like on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. yeah so that's been cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a cool little experience for us. So you know, shout out to billions. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, all right, Ryan, you're on death row. What's what's your final meal? <laughs> final meal on death
2: row. Yeah.
0: What's your last meal? Yeah.
2: Yeah, as, as, of, as of right now, just because I'm very into it, um, and a lot of the guys at the firm aren't going to like that I'm going to say this because they aren't fans of the stock. Uh, I'm going to go with a Juicy Beyond Burger. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. There's,
2: there's something <laughs> interesting. It would be funny if some of the guys were short and the stock just went up. Say,
0: yeah, It is
2: funny. Beyond burger, there's there's uh, maybe maybe it's just I have weird taste buds, but there's just something right about that burger. It's just really? yeah yeah it's it's and, and they recently started selling or like probably six seven months ago in South Africa, and in Cape Town, um, if you go to the three four stores that have them, they are always sold out.
0: Really, really right? Yeah, it's real popular. It is real popular. Yeah,
2: really popular. Second choice would probably be sushi, love sushi, um, uh, pizza, pasta, soup. food's like music with me. It depends what mood I'm in and then I love something so much in the next <laughs> day. Indian foods also, Oof. Indians, Indians up there too, Indian and yeah. Mexican, everything, I'm an indecisive person. Other with trading can make decisions, stick to it with life. Basically. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah definitely that's good that's good though it it brings up something we were talking I believe we were talking about this before we started recording Uh, and I know you're a believer in it I'm a big believer in it as well that you can like learn like you've learned about yourself through trading correct yeah so yeah Uh, it's just uh, it's a real fascinating concept I mean I've you know first with poker really you know because because poker and trading are, are other than the technical aspects of it, like the whole mental game is the same, right? So I I like, it's incredible how much I learned about myself through these endeavors. Um, And it's like, I'm almost like grateful. You know, I am grateful in a sense, you know, and like these lessons that we learned, I think we can take into like broader life or just like even just my everyday decision-making, I think is better because of these pursuits. I mean, would you agree? I I, do.
2: And it's, it's, it it puts things into perspective um, yeah. um in the beginning i would i would beat myself up over um my results on the day or certain trades or mistakes that i made um and it puts things into perspective um you know something along along you know sort of this line too is uh, i was speaking with to dr s about this probably like two two and a half years ago mm-hmm. and had a really bad trade which turned into a bad week. Um, and then you can get into a bit of a slump as a trader where your results sort of wrap themselves around you. And I was speaking with him and he said, Ryan, you got to remember, because I had said, look, trading's my life, man, because I really love it. And at the time I was like, this is just, I'm, this is, I eat, breathe, live trading. And he was like, well, that's that's a big mistake because as a trader and as a person, you want to have trading, that's your job, but you always need a place the focus and attention on, um, the other, you know, five staples in life, which is work, which is, you know, your health, working out friendships, relationships, family, hobbies, and interests. And so if you're having a bad day or bad week trading, you have the other four, five things to fall back on, not even to fall back on, but to, to devote your, your energy on and and your time. Um, and without trading, I, I, I honestly wouldn't I, I would never have been faced with having to really make a conscious decision to make time always to see family or to see friends or to work out and stay healthy. Um it's funny because trading it's it's at first it's all about work, um and you often selfishly a trader can think that you know there's just it's more stressful and more demanding than perhaps other jobs. Um, but then you look at around and other jobs, and um, some people they, they don't they don't get faced with having to make those decisions and that conscious effort to, you know, make time with others and build out those relationships. But as a trader, trading reminds you what's really important uh, in those slumps, in those periods, and so. Again, I ramble, but but that's something that I really learned a lot early on from trading was to just always, you know, maintain that um, that if I can call it like equality in your life. Yeah. That balance.
0: that ba- that balance, man, definitely. Which I'm a huge believer in. Not well said, man. and shout out to Dr. Steinberger. That's that's Dr. S, yeah.
2: Dr. S, yeah. He's great. Shout out to another another person in my trading trading life that if he hadn't you know, being there and helped me and, 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 advised, um, I, I wouldn't be, you know, a, a quarter of the trader that I am today.
0: Yeah. 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 We, uh, we love Dr. Steinberger here. We had him on, on the show as well. Good guy.
2: Yeah. It was a great, great yeah I listened to that. It was fantastic. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good, good guy, man. Um, let's see what else I wanted. i was going to ask you something else. I don't know, Jay, you got any more questions for our, for our boy?
1: Oh, that that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm really just, Just really happy that we got, you know, to to pick his brain and and get some insight into the prop world, you know, because a lot of people talk to me about prop, and I'm like, I was an order flow jockey when you know the bell rings, you know, we're in the bar, the prop grade traders are doing their research, and you know, by the time they're on their third chart, we're we're pickled. So (laughs) yeah, you know, it's really nice to have because you know a lot of people ask me about that, and, and prop I think can really help retail traders because they see the discipline and the work involved and, and the process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And I love, love the business like approach. Cause I think that's the way, that's the way it should be viewed. And I think people need to do that. Um, and yeah, Ryan, it was just a real, real pleasure talking to you, man. I really, I really love your whole process, your mindset, the way you go about things. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, I remember what I wanted to ask you, working out, what type of, what type of, um, are you, <laughs> Weights, cardio,
2: a mix of both. Like what's your workout routine like? Yeah, I do I do a uh, mix of both. I like to be quite functional. Um so cardio, kind of crossfit type of training, uh, okay. training. Um mm-hmm. yeah, so a bit of soccer with friends, love to play to play soccer. Um but to go to go on to onto your point and follow up with kind words, uh it's an absolute pleasure being on you guys. It's been it's been really, really great. Um, so thank you for having me on. It's been been a lot of fun
0: yeah awesome man appreciate you you. appreciate you man and so with that that's going to conclude today's episode of confessions of a market maker if you guys enjoyed the show please rate and review it for us if you guys want to learn market auction theory market profile trade futures trade equities jj and i are at microe futures.com we got a fun community ryan tell the people where they can find you and anything else you'd like them to know
2: yeah, sure. You guys can find me on Twitter. My handle is at trader underscore rh94, and um, you can follow me on Instagram too. My Instagram handles in my Twitter bio, uh, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you have
0: any questions, feel free to reach out. All right, Excellent. All right. And JJ, parting parting words, or I guess you kind of did already. I don't know.
1: <laughs> i done. Just a pleasure
0: having you. Yeah.
2: Pleasure. Pleasure of being on guys. Really. Thank you so much.
0: All right. All right. And so for Ryan, I'm Paulie Walnuts. He's the gorilla of house street. You stops though. All right, guys.